respected brothers and sisters. Musa alayhi salam travels to Al-Khidr, the green man, and asks him, هل أتبعك على أن تعلمني مما علمت رشدا? May I follow you so that you can teach me what you were taught? Al-Khidr responds by saying, إنك لن تستطيع معي صبرا وكيف تصبر على ما لم تحط به خبرا You will not be able to bear patiently with me How can you be patient about matters you have no knowledge of الخضر understands that Musa السلام, is entrusted with a particular moral law and he knows that from the standpoint of Musa السلام, this will not be easy in other words Al-Khidr is foreshadowing what will happen by putting himself in the place of Musa السلام, in a sense he is giving Musa an excuse, a udr. This seemingly minor historical detail or narrative unit is in fact a major statement about an ideal principle in Islam. It is empathy. Empathy is the topic of today's khutbah, insha'Allah ta'ala. Empathy, which continues to be a popular topic in education, psychology, literature, and philosophy, has been understood by those scholars who wrote on this topic as the capacity to grasp the emotional and mental lives of others, the imaginative identification with a perspective that is not our own, the ability to enter into the chaos of someone else. Although there is no word for empathy in the Qur'an, at least as I understand it, empathy can be inferred in different verses, ayat, that use the addressee's own experiences to activate empathy. This is to say that an underlying appeal to empathy may be assumed in the Qur'an, even if not explicit on the surface of the text. We read in Surah Al-Baqarah in the context of sadaqah, of charity. وَلَا تَيَمَّمُوا الْخَبِيثَ مِنْهُ تُنْفِقُونَ وَلَسْتُمْ بِآخِذِيهِ إِلَّا أَنْ تُغْمِضُوا فِيهِ Do not give away as charity the bad things that you yourself would only accept with your eyes closed. It's a metaphor. So the verse is telling us not to give away as charity those things which we would reject if we were to be in that taking position. Likewise, in Surah An-Nisa, we read, وَلْيَخْشَ الَّذِينَ لَوْ تَرَكُوا مِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّةً ضِعَافًا خَافُوا عَلَيْهُمْ فَلْيَتَّقُوا اللَّهِ وَلْيَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا Let those who would fear for the future of their own helpless children if they were to die, let them show the same concern 
for the orphans. According to one interpretation of this ayah, the verse instructs those in charge of orphans, those responsible for orphans, to treat them with kindness and justice as if they were their own children. The verse speaks to the empathy of those people, telling them, imagine your own children in the same situation. How would you want them to be treated? The moral truth at the beating heart of these two verses, Wallahu A'lam, is the idea of empathy. And this reminds me of a profound hadith by our beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li'akhihi ma yuhibbu li'nafsihi. None of you believes until he desires for his brother what he desires for himself. Having established, I hope, the idea of empathy in the Quran and how moral norms in the Quran are formed by appeals to emotions, the question that follows is how do we achieve empathy? One way is listening to others, hearing the other, opening ourselves to minds radically different from our own, listening to those with whom we disagree. A charitable approach makes room for shades, for nuance, and for complexity, rather than an all or nothing approach where everything is either black or white, bad or good. The Quran reminds us of the importance of listening in Surah Yunus and in Surah Ar-Rum, indeed, in that are signs for a people who listen. And in Surah An-Nahl, Indeed, in that is a sign for a people who listen. Most instructive in this context is a verse in Surah Az-Zumar, verse 18. الَّذِينَ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلَ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَهَ Those who listen to what is said, القول, and follow أَحْسَنَهَ and follow what is best. We note in this ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says القول. This definite article, ال in القول, could be understood to be al al which denotes totality, which denotes comprehensiveness. It encapsulates all types of qawl. And the verse also uses the imperfect verb, al-fi'l al-mudari' yastami'oon. And a fi'l, or al-fi'l al-mudari', the imperfect verb, uh, indicates that it is a continuous process of istima' of listening to listen and to listen again perhaps wallahu alam so that we can narrow what is known in social psychology as the empathy gap 
That is the difficulty of imagining the perspectives of others. But, fattakullaha mastata'atum. We, we also find this idea in the example of our beloved Prophet وسلم, in Surah Sabah when he says, One party of us must be rightly guided or clearly astray. No doubt, the Prophet وسلم, knows that he is guided, knows that he is وسلم, So I think that this verse contains an embedded moral lesson for us to listen and to consider various arguments, various sides, because we will not know what is at stake in a particular issue unless we listen. In fact, and as a very profound and wise theologian says, and I quote, without empathy, we cannot know ourselves. Without identification with the other, I don't know myself, end quote. This openness to the other can be inferred from the parable of the man of the gardens in Surah Al-Kahf, his companion told him when they were in a dialogue, have you no faith in him, in Allah, in him who created you? We note in this verse that the Quran uses sahibuhu, so there's a companionship and there's a hiwar, there is a dialogue, and I would like here to highlight what I think is a beautiful and useful concept suggested by, uh, by a scholar of Islamic hermeneutics. It is what he calls sacrificial listening. He describes sacrificial listening in the following way, and I am quoting. The practice of listening attentively to unfamiliar voices Constructing interpretive models that relate what one has heard to familiar categories and then deconstructing those models and categories through further acts of listening. What must be sacrificed is not just one's preconceived image of the other. Sometimes it is the very categories in terms of which that image is articulated. And inevitably, such changes impinge upon the knower's own identity." End quote. Respected brothers and sisters, empathy requires that we break down certain biases and set aside our prejudices, and to acquire the virtue of adl, justice. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, we read, وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ do not let the hatred of others lead you away from justice. Adhere to justice. In Surah Hud, Shu'aib tells his people, 
ويا قوم لا يجرمنكم شقاقي أن يصيبكم مثل ما أصاب قوم نوح أو قوم هود أو قوم صالح وما قوم لوط منكم ببعيد My people do not let your opposition to me bring upon you a similar fate to the peoples of Nuh, Hud, Salih and Lut. In other words, let not your enmity toward me cause you to commit sin. If we want to even generalize the verse further and to abstract it even more and translate it into the theme of today's khutbah, the verse will say something like, let not your enmity toward one prevent you from empathizing with him or her. Empathy may also be facilitated by distinguishing between the person and his or her actions. In Surah Luqman, we read in the verse on honoring parents, birril walidayn, وَإِنْ جَاهَدَاكَ عَلَىٰ أَن تُشْرِكَ بِمَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا وَصَاحِبُهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا If they strive to make you associate with me anything about which you have no knowledge, simply do not obey them, but keep their company in this life according to what is right. So on one hand, do not obey them, but on the other, keep their company. And this is, wallahu alam, not limited to parents. Respected brothers and sisters, empathy as an emotion is not enough. Active empathy is what really makes a difference. Surah Al-Nisa, verse 94, كَذَلِكَ كُنْتُمْ مِنْ قَبْلِ You were like that before, teaches us how our past and perhaps even our failures can motivate us to help others, to understand others. In Surah Al-Duha, we read, أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى and then later on in the surah, Did he not find you an orphan and shelter you? And then in the same surah, So do not oppress the orphan. As if the verses are saying, You know in your heart what it feels to be an orphan. Therefore, be kind to orphans. The structure of the surah is rooted in past experience and its ethical implications for the present. And I will end with Surah Al-Anfal. وَذْكُرُوا إِذْ أَنْتُمْ قَلِيلٌ مُسْتَضْعَفُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ تَخَافُونَ أَنْ يَتَخَطَّفَكُمُ النَّاسِ فَآوَاكُمْ وَأَيَّدَكُمْ بِنَصْرِهِ وَرَزَقَكُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ Remember, when you were few, victimized in the land, afraid, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sheltered you and strengthened you with his help. The beauty of this verse and all of the Quran is beautiful. The beauty of this verse is that it uses memory as a moral force. There is role reversal in this ayah. Memory is not invoked as a reason for hatred but as an implicit call to establish the alternative order, which is justice, which is adl. 
by recalling what it feels like to be a victim, they were told, and by extension, we are told, they were told to conquer hate and to translate hate into works of love, of hub, 